This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, it's Civilized Barking. I am Zach Jackson. Solo right now, not later. We're going to do a combined podcast with my friends down in Cincinnati, Paul Daner and Jay Morrison, who cover the Bengals. We're going to preview this. Um, you know, they played in week two. And now they're playing in week seven, but they also played in last year's season finale. So these teams know each other well. Uh, Alex Van Pelt, the Browns offensive coordinator, spent a number of years with Cincinnati before coming uh, up here. Um, it's 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 going to be interesting. Um, and listen, we know what we saw last week, and it wasn't good. And it, it looked too much like the first game, um, 76 to 13. Whatever, let's not dwell on that. The Browns have won. Um, the Browns have played well. The Browns have shown that, that they've got some really good players, a couple of great ones, some really good ones, and that they're building something. Um, last week's a part of that process. I will just say this. You know, I think that we forgot amidst the four-game win streak, and that's fine, that there's some adversity along the way, right? Picked a bad, day, a really bad day to have a really bad day. And maybe even if you have a really good day, you're not beating Pittsburgh. That's a different discussion. Um, how do the Browns bounce back in a game we know they can win, right? The Bengals are rebuilding. They have a rookie quarterback. They have a coach who may or may not be on the hot seat. They're not very good on the lines. Um, some of their best players got old in a hurry, right? That's the lead. We will see. Uh, really interested to see the, the test here, You know how the Browns respond. Um, how do they treat their quarterback? who has struggled. You know, the defense that really, I think, did a pretty good job against Joe Burrow in the first game, gave up a lot of short passes, gave up nothing long, forced the turnover. Uh, when you look at this Bengals offensive line, Miles Garrett can can really dominate, and really so can the other guys. Where were the other guys last week? I don't know. Um, the offense really misses Nick Chubb and misses Wyatt Teller, too. Um, you can get the run game going against the Bengals. Can you absolutely gash them for 200 and the winning drive where you don't even have to think about throwing a pass like last game? I don't know. But start Kareem Hunt and fantasy. We'll see what happens. Um, subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't already. Um, if you do, if you listen, first of all, we appreciate it. Secondly, you know I wrote uh, on Tuesday that I've seen just about enough of Baker Mayfield to make my decision that the Browns are going to have a decision to make. Um, there's a lot of season left. I understand why people don't want to go through this again, why people want him to work, and you have seen one season of good play from Baker Mayfield. Now in the second season, I'm seeing the same guy, and I'm seeing an offense that should be doing a lot more. I'm uh, not doing much. We'll see. We, we will see. Uh, I hear the other side. I simply say the list of excuses is a lot longer than the list of accomplishments. I look and see an offense ready to win now and never going to really win. Until it gets a quarterback. We'll see. I would love to be wrong because, my gosh, am I tired of covering quarterback changes. <laughs> uh, I'm tired of writing about 38-7 losses in Pittsburgh, quite frankly. We will see. Um, anyway, we know what's at stake here. Division game, second straight road game, mandatory bounce back spot for the Browns. Um, how can they handle this? A test of maturity, a test of their trench game, which had been really strong. 
And like every game, a test for the quarterback. And that's not blowing it up to bigger than what it is. We know what's out there with his contract, with the state of this team, with the guys in charge not necessarily being married to him. Every game is a test. Are all 16 equal? I don't think so. This is a team that he played really well against for three quarters the first time and by all rights could have a bounce back game against and could carry it over, sure. So go do it. Go do it, Baker. Let's see what happens. Um, my guys in Cincinnati are Paul Daner and Jay Morrison. We collabed on this. All right, now we're going to move on and uh, check back in in Cleveland, and that means finding our good friend from Civilized Barking, Zach Jackson. Zach, how's it going? Well, what a pleasure to be with you guys. Isn't it? And you what, know, a, what a pleasure for football fans. The third time in seven games the Browns play the Bengals. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it really uh, – it's it's a rivalry that runs so deep, and it, it brings out such quality and such high stakes. Um, but actually, you know, I'm, I'm actually curious. Um, last time we talked – uh, before Joe Burrow threw 61 passes remarkably in Cleveland um, and was decapitated on the one by Miles Garrett. Uh, last time we talked, we talked about Baker Mayfield, <laughs> shockingly, and sort of, but uh, sort of like a crossroads season. And you know where where is it going to go? And you've kind of written more about that now about the true wondering if Baker Mayfield is the guy up there what what has maybe changed over this last month uh to shed more light on that question uh he hasn't played the Bengals since week two <laughs> <laughs> uh, a quarter of his wins are against the Bengals um, his yeah. best numbers are against the Bengals I mean look it's not like this is a completely overmatched overwhelmed guy Right, the Browns have had that, right? Like John Manziel rolled out of bed and rolled out to the field. You know, um, <laughs> Cody Kessler had no chance. Deshaun Kaiser had no business being out there. But um, I just think that the guy we're seeing now is the guy we saw for most of last year. It's the guy I saw in training camp, and he hasn't been good enough. And, you know, what's different than all those guys and, and, you know, previous additions, this offense is built to win. The defense, you can argue, right? Um, there's no arguing that it's been malpractice with the Browns changing everything on him and not, you know, supporting him in that way. Four head coaches in, in three years and all of that stuff that's just outrageous. But, you know, the, his calling card was accuracy and he's missing the simple ones. And, you know, quite frankly, some of them are getting completed and he has thrown touchdowns and all that. But every time he drops back, it's its own adventure. And until you get that consistency and unless you can hit the easy ones, you're not ever going to be the guy to get your team to where you really want to go. Statistically, he's trended towards Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston. You know, guys that were fine but not good enough. And I, I just I, – I see – more than a pattern, guys, of a player that is not headed towards that level that will ultimately get the Browns where they really want to go. So, you know, that all that said, they're probably headed for the playoffs, right? The scheduling gods and the offensive firepower that they do have. I think Kevin Stefanski has done a great job. 
in most areas, all things considered. And, and the roster is better than almost any time it's been in the 22 seasons that the Browns have been back. But I don't think Baker Mayfield's the guy, and I think there's enough proof to prove me right. You uh, you said you think they're heading toward the playoffs. Did did you drop the stat that I sent you on your <laughs> listeners and readers? <laughs> not yet. Um, not yet, <laughs> but that, that was pretty uh, astounding, you know. Um, think about 2002 being the last time that they were in the playoffs. I mean, how different was the world, <laughs> right? <laughs> Exactly. I think you and I were at OU together, weren't we? (laughs) Um, I was there. They led the Steelers by 17 points in Heinz Field. It was the second year that Heinz Field was open. Um, They did not win the game. The next year they won in Heinz Field. And not only is that their only win in Heinz Field, but them winning that game allowed the Steelers to get Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, lots changed since then. Uh, (laughs) I mean, you know, Rufus the Bobcat hadn't even thought about <laughs> punching Brutus in the eye yet. Yes, I mean, he had, time, hadn't even considered it. Yes, he was assaulting you know his fellow elementary school students, not his fellow <laughs> mascots. <laughs> oh man, I I could I could I think we should really just talk at length about that story just every time we have you on. Uh, it's, it's probably it's definitely more entertaining than uh, talking about the the X's and O's of of Bengals Browns. Why, why should we believe that the Bengals would be able to beat the Browns on Sunday? Well, I mean, you know, the Browns thoroughly dominated the first game, right? They, they didn't put it away. It came down to an onside kick, even though the Browns were kind of in charge. Uh, and, you know, that was week two. So everything's new and, and nothing was really figured out, right? Um, the other two reasons, I would say the Bengals are really good on special teams. The Browns have been not. And, you know, not that he wasn't a factor, but it was a quiet night for Joe Mixon. So, um, you know, throwing 61 passes is not ideal, specifically for a rookie on a short week in a second NFL game, right? So I I just think this week um, the Bengals get – well, the first time they get a stop, it'll be the first time they get a stop against the Browns. But if they can get a couple and get Mixon going, then, then this game is going to the fourth quarter. The D, I mean, the Bengals' defense has been better. They – did blow a 21-point lead in Indianapolis on Sunday, but they had a 21-point lead in Indianapolis, yeah. uh, and that was part of it, too. I mean, the defense really has had their moments, um, and Joe Burrow has certainly had his moments. It's a matter of whether they can put it together. The, you know, the big thing that stood out to me in Cleveland that I'm curious about the second time around, especially, you know, without Nick Chubb, I mean, how different is the Browns' running game? Because that was really the difference. I mean, the, when they lined it up, uh, in that with five and change left and the Bengals had pulled within a score and the Bengals needed to stop and the Browns just shoved it down their throat, everyone in the building knowing they're running it and the Bengals couldn't stop it. And that's back when they had DJ Reader um, and Sam Hubbard up front and now they don't. Uh, I, I just wonder how, if if the Browns running game is still the same machine uh, that it was then, because to me that is what spells problems for the Bengals yeah I agree with you Paul on that assessment and I would say it's still a good running game but it's not a phenomenal running game without Nick Chubb I mean Nick Chubb is flat out one of the best players in the league not running backs you know not unsung heroes the guy is phenomenal he is low maintenance high production hard to tackle turns two yarders into four and four into eight or ten or eighty right so um 
they're also missing their right guard, Wyatt Teller, who hurt a lot of Bengals' feelings in that game, and, and the line <laughs> was not the same. So the Bengals aren't coming out with the Steelers' front seven and just pushing the Browns back as what happened last week. But between missing that key component in the trenches and, and your best running back, um, it is not the same. Dearness Johnson is a power runner who could be almost any team's, you know, number two or three running back and, and is knows how to get tough yards, requires multiple guys to tackle him. And Kareem Hunt is a former NFL rushing champion and is dynamic and catches the ball out of the backfield and really has a knack for, um, you know, not going down, extending plays, things like that. But he's, he's, he's not Nick Chubb and specifically – He's not Kareem Hunt slicing through the Bengals after Nick Chubb has run at them 15, 18, 20 times, which is what we saw, Paul. So, yeah. So, the Browns played bully ball. Um, you know, early in that game, they had wide open receivers. And, and I would say that Austin Hooper is a lot bigger part of the pass game than he was then. And we know that the Bengals struggled with Odell Beckham. So, I do expect the Browns to move it. Um but, yeah, I, I don't expect the Browns to come out and, and just make that statement and do whatever they want in the run game. Uh, if they do, then then it will be, you know, not a game. But I would think that the Bengals will be, you know, basically keying on the run and uh, daring Baker Mayfield to beat them. You know, in that first game, they kind of – they basically used Chubb to set up Hunt. I don't think Hunt had a carry until midway through the third quarter. Are there – are, is Johnson kind of in that same role, or are they? Is it more of a mix now, or was that a, was that game just an outlier where they, it, it, since that game, they've been more mixed in terms of who gets the the spread of the carries? Yeah, Jay. I mean, that was the rotation. Is is um, Chubb was all the first half primary carries, Hunt mixed in a little bit, and then they would share, kind of in the second half. Now it's mostly Hunt, and he is supremely talented um, compared to Johnson, but he has not been a hundred percent. Um, so they have had to mix that up. I think what they've done is um, they'll use the fullback a little bit, but they'll use a lot of two tight ends. They'll run Jarvis and Odell on end arounds, quick shovels, things like that. Um, and really, you know, Kareem is best in the screen game and on the perimeter. So you, the, the answer is you will see both backs and you will see Kareem Hunt, you know, in position to make a bunch of big plays, but I don't think you'll see him in the fourth quarter just – ready to rip off 80 yarders. I'd still start him in fantasy though. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> start all your Browns. There's a, a, there's an interesting X factor in this game that everyone knows, but I think, you know, maybe certainly for Browns fans that ha- haven't been watching all, all the Bengals games as closely, Joe Burrow is getting much better. And he is, I will say he's not the same guy, you know, that he was in Cleveland, nor should you have expected him to be, considering that was his second game and in a short week, as he's still learning the NFL game, he's taken a big you, you in some really really important stats, in particular his efficiency stats and his intermediate game. Uh, he has taken some huge strides uh, over, and you can see it every week. The numbers go up another yard per attempt in in on in key categories, whether it's you know it's completed air yards or uh, you know per attempt, or whether it's intermediate completion percentage, all this stuff, and now hitting the they actually hit a deep ball. Believe it or not, their second, their first since CJ Uzama scored a touchdown in Cleveland, their first ball completed over twenty yards in the air since then, with a deep uh, connection to T Higgins in Indianapolis. But Burrow 
it's the only thing that's been missing of his game. I mean, he has really turned into a monster back there. Baltimore handed him his lunch, as they have handed many teams their lunch uh, this year. Uh, but I, I, rookie stinker against maybe the best defense in football. I don't really hold over his head. If you take that game out every single week, he's been more efficient. He's been more dynamic. He's been more confident as a playmaker. You know, I, I think, you know, this has a chance to be a game where he can kind of plant his flag in this series a little bit and kind of save this team that is in such a bad way after getting their butts kicked in Baltimore and blown a 21-point lead in Indianapolis uh, of a lot of questions being asked and a lot of hot seats being heated up. For you know, they don't forget the Bengals uh, have the Steelers and Titans the next two weeks after this. So one seven and one is staring them in the face if they can't find a way to beat Cleveland. And I think you better believe everybody in the building knows it. I if there's a if there's a trick that they have up their sleeve, it's probably coming out Sunday. Yeah, I mean this is two desperate teams, right? I mean the Browns mm-hmm. got thoroughly humiliated last week, and. Guys, this is going to sound bizarre coming off a 38-7 loss, but the Browns' defense has played much better, um, specifically against the pass. It got gashed against the run last week, but Big Ben didn't even have 150 yards. You know, they they just let James Conner do what they want. They gave points away on the pick six, and then eventually Chase Claypool made a couple of plays. But uh, before that, you know, they beat the snot out of Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers handed the Browns the game, and the Browns took it. So – you know, Miles Garrett is a mega, mega star. He has hit that next year. Uh, Denzel Ward at corner is a superstar. Everybody else is kind of in between. They've, You know, the defensive line has been pretty good. It was pretty absent last week. But, you know, they will give the Bengals offensive line fits. Miles My, is the headliner. He's not the only one. So you have to attack them in the back seven where they're kind of rotating linebackers looking for answers. Um, they've had to rotate DBs because of injuries and circumstances. If Burrow just doesn't throw it to Denzel Ward, um, and it, it looks like from the last couple of weeks that he and T. Higgins have really kind of taken off, there will be those chances there. And you're right, that, that's one thing that does stand out. You know, 61 completions and a lot of impressive plays in the first game. <clears throat> but Miles turned him over, and a lot of them were just five-yarders, right, um, mm-hmm. going all the way down the field. So uh, that, that, that will be a big deal. But the Browns' defense has been better. So what was it, 35-30? I mean, I think – and this sounds a little like famous last words as I get ready to spit it out. I think it's more like 24 20, you know, kind of last possession game here. Maybe it turns into a shootout again, but I think both defenses uh, step up comparatively. And, you know, and then both quarterbacks have to make a play to either, you know, stem the tide or maybe push it to a two score game uh, in that second half and really put pressure on the other guy. You know, I can't remember from the first game. Uh, is Ward a guy that they traveled? Does he does he just stick with the the other team's best receiver, or does he just stay on no, a side? No, he mostly plays a side. Um, okay, he did end up on a lot of AJ Green in the first game. There are circumstances where he has, but he mostly uh, plays a side, and Terrence Mitchell plays the other. The second rounder from last year, Greedy Williams, is on IR and has not played. Uh, they've stabilized the slot position where veteran Kevin Johnson has been in. He was not available for that first game, and the Bengals just just feasted. So not that Tyler Boyd can't have another big game, uh, but they've they've kind of upgraded there. And, and like I said, it, during the four-game win streak, Miles either had a game-changing turnover or a game-changing play, at least one in all four of those games. Um, 
He had the safety on Phillip Rivers. He had the strip sack on Burrow. He had a strip sack on Dak Prescott. They turned Washington over five times. That That's how they've lived. Um, the Browns are like on offense. Yes, we're a run team, but we're going to go, go, go with, with whatever we can find. And on defense, we're going to live off the turnovers. And during that streak, they created the turnovers. They cashed them in. Last week, they turned the ball over. They didn't have a chance. So, you know, as cliche as that is, I think that's what it really comes down to. Um, you know, when you do force those mistakes, you have to catch them in. Last time they turned Burrow over what on the two-yard line and walked in on the next play. Hmm. Sounds to me like Bobby Hart's going to be t- trending on Twitter on Sunday. <laughs> Isn't he always? <laughs> Isn't he always, right? Like, I don't even know what Bobby Hart looks like, but I feel like I know him well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anytime Miles Garrett is lined up in front of him or Alex Redman, or really any combination of uh, Bengals offensive linemen that aren't that linemen that aren't Jonah Williams, I think uh, we 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 know exactly what's probably is, is coming. And they've out, moved so. Miles around a lot a lot mm-hmm. more in, in this defense. Um, and he told us, which I thought was interesting, that there are situations or packages, I guess, where he has the liberty to choose if he likes a matchup. Um, he has played over the right tackle this year more than he has in the previous two years, but he has definitely logged snaps at both. They didn't have Olivier Vernon in the first game, who's not a great player, but he's a really strong, solid player. Uh, and since coming back a couple of games ago, he's made some plays. So both, yeah, you're, you're right, Paul, basically what you said. Both tackles will be under pressure all day. And inside they have Ogan Joby and Sheldon Richardson, uh, both of whom are playing for money going forward. And, you know, those guys can be a load, too. In yet another uh, of uh, consistent themes uh, with Bengals games this year, going to come down to that offensive line, finding a way to hold it together somehow uh, to keep Joe Burrow upright. I believe in the first game, I, I went back and I tracked it. There, I, I made up my own stat for hits because there was technically 21 pressures uh, in that game, but it was it was there was a lot of like, okay, he got rid of it, and then a guy maybe tapped him on the shoulder with a finger. But there were five ouches and five goddams on uh, <laughs> on Burrow in that game, uh, including the, the the sack. They could probably use about half of both of those if they want to if they want to try to win. I think that's gonna be, that's, uh, that's great stat thing. keeping. First of all, yeah, no, it uh, is. It is totally subjective. I think I, that launched a, a a run up for Miles. I think he had at least seven or nine pressures over the next four games. And, you know, that's not a huge number, but, like, to do that consistently, and when you think about it, like, that's a that's a pretty wild number. And if, and if he gets to that, if, if Miles is altering seven plays or nine plays, you know, it's going to be really tough for the Bengals. There is no doubt. I look forward to uh, I look forward to the game on Sunday, as I always do uh, of the Battle of Ohio, as everyone does inside of this state. It's 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 the most exciting game going Uh Heated, most heated rivalry in sports. Step aside, Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, boo, the boo is here. So, uh, Zach, thanks for your time. Appreciate it as always. Zach Jackson from Civilized Barking. Uh, good to have you. And hope we'll we'll talk to you when both these teams streak to the playoffs. It's kind of like a playoff game. Uh, it, 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 it is. Like you said, if the Bengals don't win, it goes downhill. And the firing the coach talk quickly, which happens, you know, every other year here. Um, yeah. If, you know, if the Browns don't win, then everybody presses the panic button. So we'll see. Yeah, that's it. I'll, we'll be calling you back for advice on how you handle a team that considers firing a coach after 22 games. Been there, done that, fellas. <laughs> Good talking. See you, Zach.